Welcome to Made for Profit, a podcast where we talk business in the shop and help you monetize as a maker. Each week we cover business topics to help you grow your full-time business or your side hustle. We'll also bring you interviews from a variety of people winning in their space to share valuable business insights and life lessons. I'm Brad Rodriguez, a full-time content creator running FixThisBuildThat.com, and my co-host John Malecki runs a full-time furniture company in his content site, JohnMalecki.com. We've been growing our successful businesses online, and we want to bring you into the conversation and help you grow along with us. In 2018, our focus is to bring as much benefit to all of our listeners as we possibly can. We're starting out by working with brands and businesses we know can help you grow your own business. Our first partnership of 2018 is with Audible. If you listen to the show, you know I'm a huge fan of audiobooks, and recently Brad has jumped on board as well. Most of us listen to music and wear headphones anyway while we're in the shop, so why not take that time to get better at your business? You can download a free book and get a free 30-day trial at audibletrial.com forward slash made for profit. And if you want our list of our top book recommendations to get started, we'll have that on our main page at madeforprofit.com. We thank each and every one of you for supporting our show and supporting our journey, and we're looking forward to crushing 2018 together. Welcome to episode 28. Last week, we looked back at 2017, and this week, we're going to be looking forward. We're going to be talking about planning your year, and we're gearing up for success in 2018, and we want to share with you our thought process and some insights just on how we look at our year and what we're thinking about for our businesses. What's up, John? Same old brother, same old. I am pumped for this topic, as well as being pumped about you jumping on board with the Audible bandwagon, um, getting more books in your life. How's that going for you, bro? I know, dude. I know. I know. It's, it's been cool. I, I did take the plunge and I, I'm going to have to be honest. The first book I listened to was not a business book. <laughs> yeah. Not surprised. I, I, I listened to, I just, I've heard a lot of good feedback about Ready Player One and uh, it's a sci-fi thing. And being a child of the eighties, uh, I was born in 77. So I grew up in the eighties. It was awesome. So if you are at all into gaming uh, or tech and and grew up in the 80s, you will really enjoy that book, I would think. Uh, but after that, I, I have jumped in. So I'm, I'm currently going through Content Inc., which I know you love. Uh, and already it's it's awesome. I've got some things and I'm going to talk about some of those things I've gotten out of it already as we get through the topic. But yeah, dude, I'm pumped. I like it. It's it's a nice change versus, um, you know, some of the podcasts of which are great. But, you know, having something that is uh, you can really get some great business information specific so you know exactly what you're looking for. I'm I'm juiced about it, man. Yeah, I think it's an easy way to just pick up some more knowledge and not really change anything you're doing. Most of us are wearing headphones and most of us are listening anyway to something. So, uh, you know, if you're interested in jumping on the Audible bandwagon as well, um, we do have a link in the uh, show notes for you guys. AudibleTrial.com forward slash made for profits to so check that out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and before we get started into the main topic and what we've been doing this week, we want to make, go ahead and thank our new members of the MFP tribe this week. Uh, they joined over there on Patreon. We have Camille G, Sean Osteen and John LaFon. Uh, John's a local, uh, a local Franklin guy, man. He's, he's just down the street, had lunch with him a few months ago. There you go. Uh, so, so welcome aboard guys. Those folks are going to be, um, being able to have the new, uh, excuse me, 
So those guys are going to be able to enjoy the rewards over there at patreon.com forward slash made for profit. You can go check it out as well and sign up uh, if you want to support the show and get the after show and some other cool rewards. So uh, go check that out if you're interested. Uh, what's been going on this week, man? Well, I got my uh, I got my first shop talk video posted. I'm working on hitting that content schedule, which is a good lead in, I think, into our topic. But I'm working on hitting my scheduling deadlines that I put on myself for 2018, um, wrapping up a build post as well as getting more um, of the production stuff in order and streamlined in the shop. So, um, you know, got that all going on as well as a huge sigh of relief delivering and finalizing oh, the river table last weekend. River so the table. But yeah, that was a, that was a big one. It, it's been a year in the making and yeah, it turned out absolutely incredible. The client was ecstatic. You know, I was extremely excited. So really, 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 really happy in all situations, even though I got, <laughs> I mean, I got smoked on making money on that project, but I'm glad that at the end of it, I was able to still smile and enjoy myself because I think that's what it's about. Um, we do get caught up in the numbers sometimes and it does suck, but we got through all the hardships there. I learned a ton on the project and I'm, I was excited to get it out the door. So I'm in a I great bet. mood. I'm in a great mood. I bet. Now, when you did you deliver <laughs> it with the glass installed or did you put the glass in when you got there? So we delivered it in the four major parts of the table. Um, one, the base to the glass that was um i had that uh, saran wrapped to a full sheet of cabinet grade plywood with that was brand new and clean and then i had the two pieces for the top as well so got that all on site dropped the glass in and so I took what the, was your level of puckerage when you were dropping that glass in? Um, I was I was <laughs> f- f- I was full blown. Uh, I guess you could call it Tommy boy coming out. Like It was not <laughs> it was not a pretty moment, but we've moved the glass a few times. So if you move um, tempered glass on its side, it actually is pretty strong. That's why you see glass being delivered on its side on a truck. Um, but it's that turning point. And this if you guys have been following me on Instagram, you've seen this piece of glass specifically has this finger that comes out from it. And that was the dangerous part. So, yeah, but we got it all in there. I mean, the client was sweating and, uh, and he's, he's a great guy. He, um, he does construction and and remodeling himself on a very large scale. So he's been in a lot of situations where he's (laughs) seen some some wild (laughs) stuff going down, but yeah, it was, it was great. And I'm, and I'm super pumped. I'm going to have, um, I'm, I'm putting a lot of time and effort into the video behind it. Um, so that should be my, you know, my first big video of 2018 coming out as well. So yeah, dude, a lot of good going on here and it's, it's, it's been a, it's been a process, but I am, ex- I'm happy. I am actually happy, which is the goal in all of this, right? That, that is. Yeah. No, I, I'm super excited to see that video, man. That's great. Uh, I have not been dealing of anything of that nature, but uh, I have been working on my laundry room, which has been a, a project we've been thinking about for a long time. Um, here since we moved in the house about four years ago. Uh, it is just as contractor and base as you can imagine, still with the contractor beige in there. And uh, so I've been updating that, doing some uh, wall treatment, uh, board and batten style, doing some painting. And and uh, ah. it's, yeah, I mean, it's coming together nicely. Uh, I'm actually just going to be finishing that up here today. But it's going to be a while before that comes out because it's going to have some, some sponsor reviews and stuff like that to go through. Uh, but the other thing, speaking of end of the year and going to the new year, um, I 
want to do a shop tour. It's been uh, it's been just a little over a year since I did my last shop tour well, it was December 2016. So I want to do another shop tour. Lots changed since then. Uh, a lot of new projects and new tools. So I'm going to go through that. I've been having a lot of people ask for that and I want to uh, just kind of give a recap. So I'm pretty excited about that. So that should be the next video coming out for me. So that, those are always fun. So I'll strap the lab mic on and just cruise around the shop. Yeah, I got one of those coming out as well. I mean, I think it's a good time of year to reflect and, and look at the growth of our shops, our little old <laughs> shops just turn into what little monsters they've become for us. But um, yeah, it's kind of use that as a segue. Uh, that's super exciting. And, and, and I'm pumped for you. I was actually curious on why you were cutting so much MDF. So now I know that you're new born bat and it's like, Oh, it all makes sense. Cause MDF's yes. the worst. I mean, the worst, the worst yeah. it is. Oh <laughs> yeah. I don't want to talk about that, but yes. So <laughs> yeah, lots of, lots of dust. So speaking of um, speaking of reflection, speaking of, you know, uh, kind of the review concept you were talking about with a little bit with, the, with, with the, uh, the shop tour, you know, we chose this topic in planning your year because it's something neither one of us are great at. You know, we, we like to plan everything we do except for the big picture stuff like this. So, you know, having MFP as a real business now and having more than just concepts, we want, we're sitting down right now and planning our year. And we thought it'd be a great topic to bring to you guys. So that way you can have it in your mind as you progress through January on where you should be and where you should be going for 2018. Um, we touched on a lot of these topics individually, but we're going to try to focus on a little higher level stuff here, I think, with this show. Um, but one of the things being um, in a previous show, we discussed the business plan and the business plan concept. Um, it's something that you hear a lot. It kind of has like a, uh, I guess, a nostalgic feel to it when it comes to people talking about, you know, oh, I got my business plan for 2018 and blah, blah. We're not thinking about this like huge, rigid document here in the show. Um, we're more thinking on big picture items and growth and development from your previous year. So um, starting out, you know, we want to focus on the concept of a business plan and having a plan for 2018. Um, I'll jump right in and, and talk about a little bit about how I'm looking at my year and my year in review and, and progressing, because I think a lot of people take reflection of their previous year and look at it one way when um, I've kind of developed the process in which you should be looking at it another. And that's mostly coming from the production side of things. Um, so in my end, you know, sales is an easy number to look at. You take your sales number and you go, hey, 2017 was awesome. I did X figure. I might as well make my 2018 projections based on that. And it's kind of um, what a lot of people do because it's easy. It's easy to say, you know, I made, uh, we'll go roundabout figure. I did a hundred thousand in sales in 2017, you know, 2018, I want to have 10% growth. So I want to do <clears throat> 110,000 in sales for 2018. Well, I think when you're looking into budgeting and you're looking based on numbers, which is what, you know, Brad and I try to get everyone to, to, to think about here. Um, you can't be looking at a variable number such as sales. Um, you know, most of us are working on an individual project basis. Most of us are working in situations where that project and that client, you might not see him again for six, eight months and there's no contract there for long-term work. So when you're talking, when you're watching shark tank and these businesses are talking about, um, their sales, growths, and projections, you know, those are based on a lot of long-term contract with wholesalers and manufacturers. Because of that, they're able to increase based on um, margin and and growth and market growth. And in those instances, they can take a sales number and project for the next year. Well, I think it's a better 
situation where you should look at your costs and take your costs of the previous year, which are much more fixed, and take those percentages of your sales and profit and then project into the next year. So if you're operating at a 75% cost of your sales and you did that 100,000 and you have 75 grand in costs, including your salary, which goes into those costs, and you want to base your next year sales, you should take your sales figure and base it off the same percentage for the next year. So that 75% should be applied to what you're trying to do. That'll give you some more uh, rigid figures, I believe, than just taking your sales and trying to add a percentage to it based on nothing that goes into your relationship building, your accounts uh, that you have with other people, or trying to like gain uh so-and-so contracts that kind of sometimes just come out of nowhere. Cause I know for me, for instance, I quadrupled the amount of sales I did in December than what I did in November. And that's because a lot of clients that I picked up were wanting to get write-offs for 2018 and they just dumped a bunch of money into their businesses. And I picked up like, you know, three conference tables or something like that. I can't throw that into projection for 2018, you know, cause that just skews everything. Right. But I do know my costs based on those figures. And then I can take those figures and go into 2018 and say, I want to make 10% more. And then I, that cost number is where I should be starting my projections out of and then see where I'm able to make more money based on my costs before I just go into straight sales. Yeah. That's a, that's an interesting <laughs> approach to it. I've, I've not heard that before, honestly, but, um, and I don't do a lot, you know, obviously based on sales because of my business model, but, um, you know, coming from, coming from retail, uh, it is always based on sales, but you know, that's, that's obviously a very different thing too, because we're talking, you know, millions and millions of products sold a year and it it is something where you can pretty easily strap a number onto it. So that's an interesting look at it. You know, I think the same thing, but I, I like what you're saying though, is that if, especially in the businesses that most of our listeners are going to be in, which is, you know, the custom woodworking business, um, it's a lot harder to, to look out and say, Hey, what's this going to look like? Because a lot of that work is not steady. Um, that person that bought that eight foot dining table is not coming back next year to buy another eight foot dining table. Uh, you know, we, we are not selling consumable products. We are selling heirloom quality furniture that once they buy it, they've got it. And then what you're hoping is for the upsell or the cross promotion or whatever, uh, you'd like them to come back and then pick up a coffee table and some end tables and maybe have you do a built in for them. Uh, and you also want to do work for their friends, but that is very hard to, like you say, to understand where that's going to come from. So I, I would go about the same approach, you know, just from me personally, when I would look at, if I w- was looking at product, I would break that down and say, you know, I'd kind of segment my work into one-off projects and ongoing projects, like you mentioned. And, um, and then, because like for things that are ongoing, like for me, for plan sales, I can look at plan sales and have a pretty good idea of where that's going because they are one time, but it's, there's a volume there that is pretty high. And I know what it's based on. It's based on traffic to my site. And I know what direction that's going in. And I know what I can do to influence that uh, is, you know, so as you're looking at your business, figure out what are those things you can influence. Um, and the most important thing is to know what your drivers are. So you need to know, you know, when you're making sales, when, you, when you're making that conversion, um, what do you need to do more of? And, and can you predict that? So, uh, you know, if you're projecting higher sales, like, you know, John said, everybody loves to say, wow, I'm going to increase by 10% or I'm going to increase by 25%. And, you know, as we start getting into more tactics of, okay, how am I going to get there? Um, you're going to need to start with that in mind is that, 
uh, what drives that number? And so if it's, you know, recommendations or something like, what's your marketing plan and how are you going to do 10% more of that? Or how are you going to reach 10% more people? Um, And those are the things I think that are really interesting. You know, for me, looking at the content side, uh, you know, I've got long-term contracts with sponsors and those are constantly changing. I've got one-offs. So, you know, for me, it's the same thing. Like I'm I'm not good at it, John, at looking out. Uh, I typically go in the moment. Um, But for me, the underlying is the amount of videos I put out. And that's easier because I control that, mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, if I want to do 10% more then I'm either going to have to get 10% people to pay me 10% more, or I'm going to have to do 10% more contact, but I, there's two levers I can pull. So that's kind of the other side of it is that, you know, what are those levers that you can pull either between pricing, uh, and output, you know, and obviously you have to have somebody to catch it on the other side. If you're going to try to increase output, you got to make sure that you got people who are going to buy it. <laughs> yeah. And, and so I think, um, I think with that, like, kind of two headed sword there where, where you're talking in the content and in a digital product, we're still, um, I, th- I think you can still attribute that, um, that concept you just brought up of traffic to the website as one of your cost variables. If you're doing a, um, a physical product over a digital product, you know, that is something that you pay for technically, uh, the cost of what, what's it, what's it, mm, what's the, what's the digital term for cost of, um, cost per million cost per mil. Yeah. Cost CPM. per mil CPM. So, yeah. The concept of getting someone to your website, it's not free. I mean, it feels free, but it's not like you put uh, there's there's costs associated with that. So in order to get more of it, where are you going to designate your money? I think it's a a, you know perfect, um, perfect way to to talk about both both ends of the spectrum with content and with physical product. So the reason I focus on the cost analysis is because when most of us are trying to grow our businesses, we're doing it to make more money. And if you have proper pricing and you look at your <clears throat> your breakdown on your year, you should be able to see how much profit you made and where your money went that took away from that profit. So looking at sales only and saying, hey, I want to go into the next year and double my sales. Well, you're all your if you're doubling your sales and you only made five thousand dollars on the year, I don't care if you did 10 grand in total sales or two million in sales. You want to increase that profit, and that's where your focus should be, and that's why your focus should be on cost. So if you're looking at your year-end review, take your numbers from 2017 and you break them down. Your cost analysis, your cost analysis is going to have a bunch of fixed variables, but it's also going to have a lot of variable. Not variable variables, variable <laughs> variables. I, like, I like the fi- fixed variables and, and variable variables. variables. Oh, yeah, I like it. That's going on a T-shirt. So <laughs> the um, the things you can look at and, and think about are, you know, what was my um, what are my costs on raw materials, for instance? So say you sold, you know, a thousand cutting boards in 20, uh, 2017. You sold them at whatever <coughs> price, 100 bucks a pop. What's that, Brad? 10 grand. So you did. Yeah, 100 grand, hundred grand, excuse me. Yeah. So you did a hundred thousand in sales. If your cost of Walnut and Walnut's your biggest selling table, excuse me, your biggest selling cutting board is, you know, 50 bucks per. And you look at it, how can you negotiate that down to 45 and put that extra 5% in your pocket? Those are things that you should be considering going into 2018 before you're thinking about how I can sell 10 more cutting boards, at least in my, uh, in my head, um, the things that I've focused on year to year and the reason that I'm able to stay in business and kind of just be uh, running and gunning the way I am is because I've been able to get costs down over over time. Um, so 
you know, that's something that I think a lot of us don't really consider. Most of us just want to increase sales, like you said, Brad, and and, and you kind of just go at it with, okay, I want to put more time into marketing. I want to put more time into video. I want to put more time into this and more and more and more and more and more and more and more. And when you start doing more and more and more, it's going to take away time from the other things you should be focusing on. So really diving into the numbers and having proper pricing, this is the perfect time of year. If you have not yeah. changed your pricing strategy over is to adopt a new pricing strategy or a more refined pricing strategy. And I mean, we still, um, if you guys didn't know, we still have our pricing guide available for, for purchase. Um, it's still out there crushing it. We've had um, unbelievable feedback on it, but this is a great time to implement that new pricing strategy because it's going to give you the numbers you need to actually go out there and win sat down with my business coach a month ago and we were going over my numbers and looking at the costs uh, from last year to this year gave me a whole different perspective on where I was winning and where I was losing. You know, you think about uh, the top end stuff, like, like we were saying uh, with, with, you know, sales and profit, and you don't realize that a lot of that cost can fix a lot of the problems you have in your business. So when you go back and reflect on 2017, I would emphasize focusing on costs. Reason being, it's something that is much easier to fix than sales. Sales, you're going to have to go um, to, you know, whatever extremes or other ends of the spectrum to try to gain more. And that's going to take a lot of time and effort when you already have those costs and you know where they came from. And they're going to be something you can either easily fix or eliminate. Yeah, and that, that's I, I really like that idea, John. And, uh, you know, we've really dove into this in episode 20, the 80 20 rule as well. So make sure you go listen back to that, because that's a, a lot of what we're getting at. Um, but when you th- think about where your costs are coming from um, and the, the great thing about cost is that you make the decision. So, you know, sales is not under your control completely. Right. You, you have to find that buyer. You know, it, it kind of takes two to tango, if you will. Um, cost is the same thing. You obviously you're buying from suppliers, but you're making that choice. You're out there. You can go source new suppliers. You can go look at the online marketplace, go somewhere else, you know, buy local versus buying online, vice versa, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And you can also change your techniques of your building, too. Right. So if, if there's a way that you can get more efficient and use less material, um, you know, and, and keep the same quality. But those are great things because you have complete control over your costs. Let me let me rephrase that. You don't have complete control because, there's, you know, pricing increases. Right. If you're if you're a big metal worker, also the prices of metal goes across and metals a commodity. You're just not going to get it that cheap anymore. Mm-hmm. That's a problem. You're going to have to deal with that. That's just you know, that's the other side of it. But being able to get the best price for your raw materials, um, that's in your control and doing a little bit of work. And that pays for itself over and over and over on every project. Right. Because, you know, when you're looking at consumables like especially wood, I mean, I, I would suggest wood would probably wood and or metal would probably be your your two biggest uh, material costs when you're looking at furniture. Uh, so if you can cut, you know, even a dime off of your board foot for walnut, that's going to pay dividends. Like do that math, go in there and see, like you might think, Oh, well, and and like, I would encourage you to do that math. If you know, like if you have a lumber supplier that uh, is another 20 miles down the road, but you can buy, you know, maybe you buy a little bit bigger quantity from them, or if you have storage to do it, um, you know, you might think, Oh, that's not a big deal, but add it up and, and, look over the course of the year of how many board foot did you buy and what does that actually mean? And, you know, does 10 or 25 cents actually, you know, mean something a lot bigger than you might think and would more than pay for the gas that it would cost to get you there. Yeah. And, and a lot of other places to, 
<clears throat> to try to, uh, I guess, marginalize your cost is going to be in your consumables. Um, where you're buying stuff, consider that. A lot of our builders are, you know, unfortunately, big box store buyers. And um, those aren't the best prices you're going to get. I'll just tell you flat out, you can definitely go and find other distributors. You can build relationships in other places and you can find ways to cut the costs um, of that kind of middleman distributor um, out of the equation. And that'll help you make more money. So these are the things that I've been focusing on, you know, moving year to year. <clears throat> Finding local lumber yards or local distributors for everything from plywood to glass to finish to glue to screws to all of it. Um, I've got a great distributor here that distributes nationally, actually. If any of you are interested, hit me up personally. I'll put you in contact for consumables, um, especially, you know, nails. You'd be, you'd be mind blown on how much money you actually spend on pocket hole screws. Um, buying them from the box store compared to buying them from a distributor. Now, granted, you're buying a 10 pound box compared to your little, right. your, your little container, <laughs> count. your little 50 count container. But when you only buy one a year, you're saving yourself how much time and how much money. And when you put that actually into your, 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 uh, excuse me, <clears throat> your pricing structure for your products, you're saving, you know, 12 bucks per job. And then you add that up over the course of the year. Every single time. Yeah. That's every single that's time. That's thousands I, of dollars. So I, these I, are the, I totally agree with that. Yeah. And this is why you should be thinking about costs. If you're not fixing your cost variables and you go into it and just said, I want to sell one more, you know, conference table next year. That's fantastic. But if your pricing's off, <laughs> you're still not going to make any money on that conference table coming into this year. So this is a perfect time of year, I think, to get planning, to reflect back on your numbers, look at where your costs were, look at where you can fix those, look at where the things you can change, things you can't, and start building relationships with people to help you go ahead and win on a cost basis for 2018 and not so much as a sales basis. Because sales is a whole other monster um, that I don't think we're going to jump into here, but down the line probably that you can continually try to, you know, change and, and, and bring out new tactics and stuff. But, uh, cost yeah. is something that we all are familiar with that we can all go ahead and, and try to fix for 2018. Absolutely. And if you want to, to get more information, uh, especially if you're a new listener, uh, that John was referencing, if you go back to episodes 11, 12 and 13, that was our pricing series. Uh, so you can go check that out. And, uh, we do have a pricing guide at madeforprofit.com forward slash pricing guide that will help you, um, Basically, you input all the information and it spits out the pricing and the margin and all that good stuff. So uh, if you're interested in that, that will definitely help you uh, if you're struggling with pricing and want to get that right for 2018. So as, as we think about the you know, business plan and, OK, you know, well, we want to do this much and we kind of set that in place uh, and, and have a goal for the business of where we want to go from a production, from a cost, uh, et cetera. And, and there's there's all kinds of other things. Right. And that's one of the things that was referencing earlier in the show is that I really liked him in content Inc. And he was actually referring to another book, um, which I believe was the 10 X rule by Gary Cardone. Um, and that Grant. when he looks at yeah. Grant, uh, yeah, maybe it's Grant. I'll get that. Info. Um, yeah. And, and when he looked at it, that he talked about um, setting goals in six different areas. So instead, and, you know, if you're goal setting, and again, we, we also talked about goal setting. So as we're going through this, we're, we're also kind of referencing some of the earlier shows that we've done. Uh, so goal setting, you know, we talked about in episode six, goal setting, smart goals and all that. We won't rehash that. But as I'm looking at that, that you know, that's the one of the things that I want to really get better at for 2018 
is not, I, I'm fairly decent at setting goals, but what I really liked about this book and the 10X rule that he talked about was um, that to set them in six specific areas. And and you can go check that book out, but basically, you know, there's there's some personal, mental, health, spiritual, financial, uh, and so just different areas. And I think that is a place where I definitely need to work, right? Because I, I'm so laser focused on the business um, and, you know, I think I do a pretty good job with the family. Um, the part that I probably miss on the most is the personal, mm-hmm. right? So as, as you set these goals and you think about your business, you know, step back and think about, you know, the most important thing in your business is you like with bar none. And that's the thing that I think most of us neglect the most too. Uh, if you're anything like me and like John, because, you know, if you if you're watching John's stories and he's leaving a shop at 11 p.m. <laughs> and, uh, you know, five degree weather, uh, then then, you know, and you've been there. And especially if you're running a side hustle, if you're running a side hustle, it, it it's even worse because uh, you're stretching yourself thin. And if you have a family and all those things. So, uh, you know, I would encourage you to when you're thinking about the goals and setting the goals for your business, make sure you're stepping back and thinking about some things personally. And whether that is, you know, the mental side, the health side, the spiritual side. That all those are are important, and that's something that I really want to spend more time on this year, um, because man, I, I mean, there's definitely times when when I look at last year and think, man, I, I was not doing my body right, I was not doing you know my personal well being right um, by just pushing myself so hard and not not scheduling and making time for that. So um, you know that's something that I think coming out of those books, I was like already, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, like it was a great reminder uh, of being able to make sure that you put yourself into the equation uh, when you're looking at your business. Yeah. A lot of us are in these situations because we decided to take the leap and, and to put it all on us. And um, it becomes a, a burden, but it also becomes something you become comfortable with. Like, you know, if I, <laughs> I understand that I, I, I do it to myself and I make sacrifices in other parts of my life, but like, like Brad mentioned, you can't, kill yourself forever. Um, and uh, there's, there's a difference between sacrificing and digging your well and drinking from it later than just doing dumb things. And, and because you don't know any better and you're not actually trying to learn and grow. So one of my goals from our goal setting episode that I, you know, wanted to implement into my life was kind of, uh, taking my personal life back. You know, you guys still see, I, uh, I work long hours, which I enjoy and I choose to do, but, um, you know, making time for my family and making time for my friends. And, and those are things that, um, I put aside for years and made sacrifices in order to do, um, what I'm doing. And I understand that, but it's not always the right way to do it. And so I think when you're setting your goals, you should definitely be segmenting. Like Brad said, you should have your business goals, your personal goals, your spiritual goals, your family goals. There's, uh, I don't know the six areas. I can't remember them off the top of my head. It looks like I'm gonna have to jump back in to, uh, no, I had them, I had them written down. They're in the kitchen to I'm in the office. <laughs> <laughs> jump back into the book. But you know, the uh, goal setting is definitely something that, um, you, should be doing at this time of year. If you're into goal setting, um, why, you know, there's been proven benefit to writing down your goals and the percentage of the time that you attain them, um, compared to the percentage of time you don't. And this is a great time of year for that because it is a start. It's fresh. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's groggy out for a lot of us here. 
um, in the United States, uh, weather wise, especially on like the East Coast and in the snow, you know, kind of state. So you're not uh, doing as much outdoor activity. You've got a little more time on your hands. And, and when you're in the morning having your cup of coffee or doing cranking your morning routine, you know, write down some goals uh, for the day, write down some goals for the week, the month, the year. And this is a good time for that kind of stuff. Um, you should also be strategic about it, too. I think you should take goals from last year that you had and did you succeed? Did you win? Did you lose? Um, you know, what happened? What didn't? What, uh, hurdles did you come into? Um, think of those situations in kind of that reflective way we were talking about with your business plan as well with your goals. Um, most of us sit here and just want to do great stuff, but you can't always just do great stuff. You have to have proper planning and you have to, uh, assess the situation and what's going to be either in your way or what you're going to have to accomplish in order to get there. And I also want to apologize. We have had no heat in the shop or office for the past week. So we're having the HVAC, uh, fixed. There's a bunch of noise in the background. Uh, there's people in and out. And if you hear any of that, I know it drives, drives Brad nuts, but I will apologize because that is 100% my fault. So anyway, <laughs> Uh, he, he has a, a canine crew working on the HVAC. It's uh, it's a new thing. <laughs> dog that, uh, dog cheap, inspectors, they're, they're going through the vents. They're cheap labor. <laughs> <out here. laughs> uh, yeah, and, and I, I, I like that. I mean, I think that's kind of a through line as well as this conversation is, is, is looking back. Because when you look back at the goals, and like John said, you know, which ones, if you did set goals of last year, which ones did you attain? Which ones didn't you? And some of those ones that you didn't attain, uh, you know, you're, there should be some some ahas in there of why did I not obtain it, right? And, and drill down into that. And then maybe what you need to do is break that down into something smaller. Uh, and, you know, maybe that was too big or maybe there's just a certain piece that you weren't able to do for whatever reason. And then there's, you know, supplementary things that you need to look at of why didn't that occur? And, and it's that, that same thing. There's a there's actually a um, a technique in lean manufacturing and in, in the lean process is called the five whys. And uh, I, I really like it because it's basically a way of of trying to, to get to the root cause of a problem. So root cause definition is is the whole big deal. But it's like, OK, well, uh, I wanted to sell 50 tables. I didn't. Well, why didn't I? Uh, well, because I had, you know, 10 customers fall through that I had planned and then they didn't. Well, why did they fall through? Well, because uh, I didn't email them back and, you know, eight out of the 10 got mad at me and found somebody else. OK, well, why didn't I email and, and going down? And then the root cause might be because I'm not good at checking my email and following up with customers. Right. So you've you've kind of gone from uh, I missed my sales to why exactly did I do that all the way down to the root cause of, of why it happened. So, um, you know, that's probably a whole nother episode about kind of looking at at issues in your businesses and doing root cause definition. But, um, you know, that that's a good way is to look at those goals and find out which ones and you can do it the same way, right? You know, it's not all negative. You can say root cause, like why was I successful and make sure I do more of that because you weren't successful because you sold 50 tables. You were successful because you did all the things to make that happen. And, uh, you know, making sure that you stay on top of it and that you have your routine. Uh, so, yeah, I, I absolutely. The, the goal setting is a major component. And, you know, we we're going to say go in there and just start easy and, you know, go back and listen to episode six. We, we talked more about that there. But, um, you know, that's a big part of our businesses and something that we're definitely looking into and also looking into M MFP. I mean, we've been talking about that all this morning is, um, you know, we're, we're probably. Uh, the worst at, at made for profit than we are 
for our own personal businesses and and how do we how do we get uh, better goals and planning and make sure that we're doing it properly uh, and part of that that we've just been talking about also is is offloading so another thing that that I am way worse than John at just from a mindset perspective uh, I've talked about the Superman syndrome before about how you know if you can't do it then it's not going to be done right uh, type thing and that's my mentality and and that's limiting me in my business and it's limiting us here in, in made for profit. So, um, you know, look at those areas and find out, are there some places that you can go and hopefully we can start sharing some of that information because we're starting to research it and, and look and actively look at bringing people in to, to help us in, in certain areas of the business. So I think, uh, Brad touched on something vitally important that we've, that, uh, we've spoke about in the past. And I think it was on our interview with Ben, um, is, is self-awareness. Uh, one thing that you need to be looking at when you're reflecting on your previous year is yourself. Um, most of us are very easily to point the finger at some reason why something happened. And I think your five why principle, I think any, Real business owner sits down, looks at things that go wrong, looks at situations as a leader and points at themselves. They have to put that you have to put it on you, whether it's good or bad, um, on, on what happened. And I think one thing you just kind of, uh, walked right into there, Brad, was you, you know, you saying that I've got to get better at this. Well, I think the fact that you're self aware enough to realize it is something that's hugely important. So when you're setting your goals for next year, you know, one of your goals, if you don't feel like that you are self-aware enough, is to become more self-aware. This is something that I constantly work on. I know you do as well. And most leaders do. That's why there's so many leadership books in business. It's because this it's constantly evolving. But if you're incapable of looking at a situation and then putting it on yourself and saying, you know, the reason that I you know, that the sale fell through was on me, or the reason that this coffee table broke is on me. You know, the reason that this happened is on me. Uh, you need to get to that point if you want to succeed in business, I feel like, because, uh, from my experiences in life and all of the research that I've done and the people that I've spoke to in, in the bad times, it's always on you. And in the good, it's always on your team. And I think that that is a uh, great recipe for success. And I think you just touched on it briefly. So I wanted to bring it up a little bit more is that you being self-aware enough in this team dynamic, us here at made for profit to say, you know, I'm bad at offloading the, um, I'm bad at offloading tasks. You know, so am I, I'm not, I'm not sitting here saying I'm good or better than you. We both know we're both not good at it, but having that self-awareness to realize, okay, let's fix this problem is a huge step. And I think in reflection of last, year, all of us can sit there and get a little bit better at being self-aware. So in yeah. goal setting, I think it gives you empowerment too, though, right? Oh, because yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, when, when, if, if you, as a small, we're most, all of us are small business owners, uh, either solopreneurs or, you know, have a small team. And if you don't take ownership, you know, to me, like that would just it'd be like helplessness, like, oh, well, yeah, that happened because of this or because, well, if, if the cause is outside of your control, then what can you do to fix it? Right. So even if the cause is outside of your control, you've got to bring it back to your control. So, right. So if, if you're using a company and they just, you know, totally gave you the shaft and just, you know, didn't do you right. Right. That's, that's on them. And when you bring it back to is, okay, now you have control to go change that provider of whatever service they're giving you and find somebody else uh, and, and bring it back to yourself instead of instead of taking the blame and putting it on them, you know. Did you interview them? Did you know that they were right? I mean, there, there's things and sometimes you're you did all the research and you're still going to 
going to get worked over. But, uh, you know, I think bringing it back and taking that ownership um, as a small business owner, uh, it, it helps you maintain the power and it helps you maintain that sense of control in your business because you never want to be in a spot. I think that's where other people get burned out, too, and just get, um, you know, jaded with the businesses like I, I, I can't win. Like I got all these things stacked against me and. And I, I think that's kind of easy to slip into that mentality. And, you know, I've been there before uh, and you got to you got to pull it back and say, no, like this is my business. I am the owner of this business and I am going to make this work. I am going to go up against all the odds. I mean, that, that right. That's what we do. That's that, that's why we do this. That's why most solopreneur. That's why you're a solopreneur, an entrepreneur, a small business owner, because you don't want to sit behind a desk and work a nine to five and do what the man tells you. Like you want to take control of your life and take control of your future and your business and do it. And so. You know, don't don't ever forget that. Make sure that that's, um, you know, this is another perfect time at the year to kind of get yourself pumped up and reinvigorated ab- about why did you start this business? You know, if, if you're falling on hard times, maybe that's a great time to, to point out and go like, OK, you know, why, why did I start this? Let me get regrounded. I, I, I just got on my like, you know. Soapbox. My motivational, like my motivational soapbox. But but yeah, man, because because uh, same thing, like, I mean, I, I'll be honest, I at the end of the year, I'm just like, I got, I'm like, man, this, like, this is not what I signed up for. This is, what am I doing here? And it's because of what I put on myself and because I didn't plan properly and I wasn't doing the things I need to be doing. And so, um, you know, I had to, I had to stay, take a step back and that's what I'm doing right now and figuring out, okay, like I, I I don't want this to become a burden. I want to remember why I did this. And like, I am super, super lucky to be able to work for myself and have my own business and, you know, keep, keep that exciting and keep that fun. Yeah. I think one, um, huge problem that all of us have is, uh, sifting through the muck, you know, getting through all of the, the little tasks, getting through, um, you know, all of the, the small things that none of us want to do that actually become extremely overbearing. Um, and in those situations saying, you know, well, I sent an email to my manufacturer and I'm now behind on a deadline because they didn't get back to me. It's on them. No, it's not. You should have picked up the phone. You should have drove to their building. You should have done more to try to figure out that problem and fix it. Um, and, and those kind of situations looking at it, you know, what happens is we all want to offload uh, excuse me. We all want to check tasks off our list. We all want to get things done and um, sending an email. Yeah, you're checking it off your checklist. It's great. But was it received? Making sure you follow up and making sure that, you know, if you're ordering product or doing something that's in your production line or that's making you money, that that's actually not on the person that you email. That's still on you. That task is your responsibility. So those situations, I think a lot of us deal with on a daily when when it comes to uh, running your own business. You know, and, and part of those problems fall into uh, when you feel over, you know, excuse me, when you feel like you've you're doing too much or you're getting burned out is that none of us actually take the proper time to um, to schedule and set time aside for those specific tasks. So, you know, one thing we touched on in an early episode, Brad probably has the number of the episode for you on scheduling, but um, is 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 getting your getting your plan for your business in in order and where you're scheduling out the actual aspects of your business, whether that's production, finish content, uh, you know, and, and administrative, if you want to break it down into some categories, because when you don't do that and you try to do it all at once, I know personally, and I know Brad as well, is that's when we all feel like we've got too much on our plate. That's when we all feel like that there's way too much going on. And this is not what I signed up for that exact words came out of my mouth multiple times before. And 
Uh, and you look at everything and you're like, I don't want to do this. Like, this isn't what I'm supposed to do. I was saying it this morning because I, mean, <laughs> I mean, we, we had a bunch of stuff go wrong with something we were working on. And I was like, I don't want to do this. Like, why is this happening? Well, it's happening, John, because I didn't do the proper processes to set things up. Like I have to be better at it. And we as a business have to be better. Um, so because of that, you, uh, the last, the last kind of thing we want to touch on here when, you're planning for 2018 is to get your scheduling on point whether Mm -hmm. and that goes all the way down to the minutes of your day and i am telling you i've struggled with this for years i come from sports where i was told what to do at literally every minute i mean i i think i said it before but like you had your bathroom breaks built into your itineraries on a daily and I don't have to think when you don't have to think in those situations and you're able to just go and execute, man, is it amazing? So getting a proper schedule set up and I'll, and I'll kind of touch on the, the day to day and the weekly schedule, Brad, and let you kind of run with the other parts. So the, the daily schedule is something that I think is extremely undervalued in small business owners, you know, taking uh, a, and blocks and chunks out of your schedule and setting those up to where you can go and actually execute on specific tasks in a specific time frame. Is, uh, is something that I, I've implemented into my business based on my business coaching that has made me 10 times more efficient. And I'm talking from my morning routine, that's my personal time, to my drive to work, to my um, weekly planning that I have set in my schedule, to my administrative tasks being emails, to my time set aside for drawing, to my time set aside for video editing, shop, shop time, made for profit time, all of it is all on my schedule on my weekly. And what that does is I can actually sit there and if I have 70 emails to sift through in my email time slot and I get them done, I don't just jump into the next thing. I take a break. I'm like, oh, I got eight minutes until I got to start on my next task. You give yourself that little bit of a reward and then you're able to actually feel like you won something and you're able to actually focus on what's going on because we're all sitting there with cell phones going off. We're all sitting there with YouTube in front of us. We're all sitting there with our headphones in. We're all sitting there with people around us and all of these things going on. And you're trying to do 75 things in a day. We'll focus on one of them at a time. And I think getting that into your daily schedule is awesome. We talked about um yeah, to-do and, lists. And, and I'll, I'll jump in real quick, John. And, and our, our the full episode on that was episode five, uh, time management. Uh, where we where we talked to that, but <laughs> the the uh, as I think about the scheduling and I think about you know what you're saying, I, two things. Um, one throughout, so I, I spent 17 years in corporate America, and, and you hit on it. I want to touch on it before it got away. Is is follow up the people that I like by and large the people who were very good at follow up. And if you're working at a day job, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you're if you're in corporate America, um, it's those people who you send an email and and you got 50 emails, but you get that follow up email a week later. Hey, where are you at on blah, 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 whatever. And, and they're the people that follow up and then you do their task and your task, their task goes above the others because they followed up. The people who can consistently follow up on things that need to be done always win. They just do. They, they win more than others. They don't always win, but they, they're because um, follow up is so huge in any business. And, you know, a lot of that you can hopefully automate. And it's also knowing what to follow up on and when and having that list of priorities, uh, because, man, I, I tell you what, like the number of times that uh, I have gotten burned because I did not follow up on whatever 
um, you know, something I put, I thought I put an order in for or whatever it was. And I didn't go and check the schedule or, or I didn't go back and give them. That's, that's the thing that I usually get burned by is like, I send something, I ask for something from somebody and then they ask me a question back and I read the email and then I move on. And now it is checked as a red email and I don't come back to it. Right. Because I don't hit the star button or whatever, or put it on a side list. Uh, and then it comes back and, uh, you know, and then a day before whatever is due, I go back and look and I go, Oh, oh man, where, where's, where's this thing I needed? And, uh, I email them. They said, well, yeah, I'm still waiting on, I was waiting on you to tell me the specs. And I'm like, Oh, geez. So, um, you know, you talked about follow-up and I just think that follow-up is such a huge thing. I mean, especially, uh, you know, the content game, working with sponsors, uh, man, follow-up can be a bear, uh, but if you stay on top of it, um, you know, for one thing, you're going to build those better relationships uh, and you're just not going to let things slip by. So, you know, you can sign uh, a contract or something for a, for certain things that have to happen at a certain time. And if you're not on top of that, if you're not following up and sending them what they need, then all of a sudden you're going to get that email, which I have gotten. Hey, just, uh, you know, I saw that, uh, this, this time passed and it's like, Oh, geez. Uh, right. Because I didn't schedule it because I put it on the wrong thing. And in that instance, I actually put it on the wrong date. Uh, so yeah, follow up is just so huge, John. And I'm, I'm glad you talked about that. And I just wanted to really emphasize that because, um, I think that that's one area where, um, man, you can with just with a little bit of effort, you can really change the game for your business and and following up on things that you need to be doing. So um, I think yeah, that, that is a, a brilliant point you made there and something that I've emphasized recently with my workflow. Um, and because I designate time to emails, like I try, um, it, it's so hard for me because I hate having notifications on my phone. But when I get emails, I make sure that I don't do exactly what you did and read them and then my head, it's registered as red and then don't respond and just move on to the next because that is how you fall behind. What I do is I set that time aside. Um, and, and there's some guys like Tim Ferriss answer emails like once a week. I'm like, I don't know how that happens, but, <laughs> but I mean, you can get that good at it where if you, if you have an hour every morning to answer emails, that's when you go back. I'm telling you, people are not as urgent as they seem in an email when they, when they hit you up, like you can, t- they're, you're all on the same time frame. just because someone is sitting there on their phone and immediately responds to you does not mean you have to immediately respond back. So what I do is I set time aside daily for emails. I'll block off a half hour in the morning, half hour in the evening kind of thing. And when I'm answering emails, then if I have to follow up, Google inbox has a great feature where I can just hit this, this little uh, clock and then have that email repost back to my inbox mm, on that clock yeah. and I can set yeah, the yeah. time. So for instance, I had a bunch of follow-ups at the end of 2017 that were like, Hey, let's follow up in 2018. I'm on break until the third. All right. I put a follow-up for the third, just hit him back. So like tomorrow I have a lunch meeting with someone I followed up with on Monday last week because I had a resent back to my email. I have another lunch meeting on Friday for something similar. Like, so because I set up proper processes to follow up, big win for me. And I was, you know, super pumped yeah. about it. Um, so little oh, things great, like that great point about the beginning of the year too. Like it, it just, it just for all the listeners out there, go back and sift through, like what were all those things you're, you're supposed to be following up on right now and go contact those people. Uh, cause I am sure I'm making a note of that right now. I've, I've, there's some people I definitely need to follow back up on, you know, we're uh, in the second week of 2018. And, uh, if you let it go too far, then you're going to miss, you could miss some opportunities, whether it's a client who asked you to follow up when in the new year or a sponsor or whoever. So the emphasis is, uh, is 
definitely getting your scheduling on point and building follow-up into it. I'll, I'll add that note because Brad makes some great points there. <clears throat> and that goes the whole way from your goal setting to your weekly goals, your monthly goals, your quarterly goals, and your yearly goals. You build those into your schedule, and then that way they're actually attainable. When you can feel the minute when things are happening on your goal list is when you can really start to get momentum and win. So I'm going to advise for 2018 is to building block scheduling concepts into your lifestyle as well as into your business, whether that is time designated to answering emails, time designated to doing uh, simple tasks in the shop to everything down to cleaning. Like how much time do we all spend cleaning when your shop's a mess? You know, put that on the schedule 45 minutes at the end of the week. I'm going to clean everything up. What does that do? It saves you the three hours you put into the next week cleaning up while you're working um, and makes you more efficient. Stuff like that can definitely help you go and crush 2018. Yeah, I I am not good at that either. <laughs> uh, and, and yeah, I, I need to get better. The, the one thing that kills me, John, and I, I know you're not as bad at it, but um, and it's it's a holdover from the, the corporate day, because as I was you know, working a desk job um, after I would, you know, lots of emails, lots of emails. I'd, I'd get done with the email or uh, lots of meetings, more importantly. And so I would walk lots of times. I would I'd be walking through the building to different meetings. And what would I do every time I walk? I'd pull out my phone and check social media. Um, you know, so I was like constantly checking social media the entire day because I just there was a lot of physical downtime moving in between actions or, or whatever or bathroom breaks or whatever. And, um, you know, I, I've not shaken that habit yet. So I am constantly checking my phone and I, I am absolutely bad about exactly what you said about uh, if an email comes in, man, I'm immediately reading it. And more than likely, I, I'm for sure dedicating some thought power to it, if not trying to all, you know, to respond to the entire thing. Um, you know, and these aren't just quick yeah, sounds great. Uh, type emails. These are like, you know, somebody asked, uh, uh, talking to a potential sponsor and, and setting up, uh, you know, a whole content package, right? Yeah. So this is something that's like, <laughs> all of a sudden I look at my email, like I'm about to go out and cut some wood and I look at my email and then I go back to my office and sit in the office for 45 minutes, putting together, you know, a content package or something, um, which is, which is great needs to be done. But, uh, you know, breaking that into, breaking that into segmented blocks, I, I could definitely be more efficient and, um, you know, just checking social media and, you know, I love, uh, the stats. So I'm, I'm definitely, uh, always looking at that more than I should. So seeing how it's going, even though it's not going to necessarily change anything. So, you know, those are things personally that, again, that I'm looking at, okay, how, I need to get better at this. And, you know, I've even considered just like taking my phone out of the shop, Although there's some safety things for that. So I, I won't do that. But um, I, I don't know. There, there's stuff that I think when you look at, you know, look at what you struggle with. And for me personally, it is uh, that constant. The, the I call it the digital itch. Right. It's like I, I got to look at my phone because something may have just happened. Like you, you don't ever know what just happened. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the email could have come in that email that I've been waiting for. It just came in. You nailed it. And it's an, that's kind of like exactly why scheduling is so important if you don't like make yourself do something, you're, you're most likely not going to do it. So, you know, kind of segueing from the personal to the broader spectrum type stuff, um, set that phone down <laughs> and getting in the shop is, is huge to all of us. And one thing that you should be considering is taking your personal daily schedule and considering your production schedule, whether you're doing 
uh, product fabrication or you're doing content. Um, either both of those you can, you could fit into a schedule and man, does it make you feel accomplished when you're looking at your schedule and you know, I got this done, I got that done and I, I have a free day coming up. So what happens to a lot of us is we'll get these ideas in our head and it's like, you know, I talked about it before is set a whole day aside for your administrative work and then be in the shop the rest of the week. When you're getting your business started, it'll change everything for you. That was something that I did uh, for two years and it worked great. That one day went to two days, that two days went to three days, that three days is now five days for me. <laughs> but because of that, you know, my business has also scaled. I'm faster. I'm making more money and it's going in the direction I wanted it to. Well, if I didn't actually take the time to set aside these the scheduling concept for administrative work, then I would never have been able to do the production side of things. I would have been in and out on the, you know, on the um, computer, on the phone, in the shop, trying to get a bunch of stuff done. <coughs> Excuse me. Schedule your calls and meetings all into the same day and schedule your production in the same thing. One thing I've been doing, Brad, to try to avoid that digital itch is <laughs> plugging my phone physically into something to play something, whether it's an audiobook, uh, a podcast or music, my phone sits on a little boom box in the corner of the shop. Now when I'm, when I'm in the shop and it plays whatever it's doing that way, it's not physically in my hand. And what it does is just gives me an opportunity to, um, stay away from it. And then I get focused on what I'm doing, end up finishing a task. And then I can go back to my phone. So, um, one thing I want to say, want to stress is getting your production and content into your schedule on whatever it might be. And I'm not talking so much as like, I need to finish X table by X date. I'm saying that if you have 15 things that need done to build a table, break those down into daily uh, tasks and put those on your schedule. That way you're not saying, I've, I, it happens to me all the time. Oh, I got to get this done. What's that? I got to build an entire table base. Oh, when you need it done by. February. So that's on my schedule physically, right? Like, cool. Yep. But do I have actual deliverable tasks or am I just going to go through it? Well, when I start writing down those tasks, what that does is get, gets my workflow, my process um, physically onto paper. And what our goal is as business owners, and I say this all the time, is to create processes in order for our business to win. That's what being an entrepreneur is. If you want to own a business and have that business succeed, it cannot bank on you doing absolutely everything. What you need to do is create processes that can be put on to other people or eliminated. That way your business can succeed on its own. So for me, that's writing down tasks. Now that I have an employee, those tasks go to him. So I'm able to focus on other things that I do. And now this task list and process is becoming something that I'm hopefully, as we just said, I'm going to be able to outsource because my process is what I'm creating and I can work on higher level things. So putting that on your schedule, whether it's for content or production is hugely valuable. And I'm telling you, it is, you'll feel like it, you'll feel dumb sitting there writing down cut tenons, mill stock, move stock, <laughs> Uh, finish booth, like those kind of things. But when you're checking them off, you're really going to realize like, wow, I can actually get these nine tasks done in the same day when I only thought I could get four or the vice versa. I had nine things I wanted to get done today and that's way too much. So for your next production process, you're faster. And then that starts, that goes into when you hire a guy, you know, when you're breaking down your stock breaking process, excuse me, your stock milling process, you know that already, you know, it takes a day. 
you put that into your one, your bid for pricing Two, you have your costs associated with your employee. And now he's working and, or she's working and crushing it for you because that process was there and you're focusing on something else. But this all goes back to your schedule. If you get that on your schedule, when you're just a solopreneur or you're an individual, that's how you're going to develop these processes in order to go and have them succeed for you down the line. So my, if I can't emphasize in my voice tones enough, I think that if you can get your scheduling on point for 2018, you're going to see some huge wins. I'm telling you, huge wins, uh, definitely early on um, and definitely long term for the year. I need an MDF guy. Yeah. Like whenever I work with MDF, you're the guy I'm, I'm going to send you a SketchUp model. You send me back the parts. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm coughing without the dust. I'm coughing over here uh, because you've been working with MDF so much. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, dude, I love that. Just, just like thinking through there. I, I think a, a good, like maybe I should, maybe I should have a book. Maybe I'm, I'm getting, I'm going to get so good at outsourcing and, and getting processes. I'm going to have a book and it's going to be called eliminate, automate, outsource. I love Just it. Any any process love that, that that's the goal. How do you how do you do those things of anything that you don't want to have your fingers completely on? Uh, and and for sure, that is a, a huge goal of mine this year is doing all those things, eliminating, automating and outsourcing uh, or, you know, making more efficient. And I think it's what well, you know, what's crazy interesting is I was watching your your series with Alf, um, who's who's brilliant. And he was talking about how his business originally scaled to where he had. What was it? Twenty five employees, he said, or yeah. a very yep. large production facility. And his hands came off of the product and he didn't like that part. Um, you That happens a ton. And I mean, that is owning a business. So there's a difference between owning a business and hustling. We've said this before. I'll say it again. Um, if that's not for you, <laughs> by no means am I saying that you need to do that. I'm just saying for us that want to get to that next level and want to step things up, you have to have your mind on exactly what Brad said. How can you eliminate something or outsource it? Because the minute you have that process in place, that's when you're actually going to function at a higher level. And that's how your business is really going to start to scale and grow. Yeah, man, that's that's a juicy topic. I feel like we should talk about that. We need to add that. That's like like lifestyle business adding, you know, versus <laughs> adding to show topics. Uh, yeah, because that is I mean, that is. um I've heard that so many times and that, that video with Alf is, was perfect. You know, he said, Hey, the only time I got to touch the wood was, was when I was going out there and, and telling the lumber guy why the stuff that they sent us, you know, was no good. Uh, and he was like, forget this. And basically now he has a lifestyle business, right? He is a furniture maker. So, you know, that's part of the conversation uh, that you need to have with yourself and, and your family or, you know, what are you trying to do and how are you trying to do it? Because, um, yeah, maybe maybe they there's people out there who will have lung cancer at some point that really like to cut MDF. And they're like, no, that's the part I love the most is cutting the MDF. Yes. <laughs> uh, but, you know, those things like whatever it is, it, if, if it's working with the product. Um, so, yeah, it, it's. I think it's, well, you know, well, we, we like to talk from a business, like, you know, I should how do we be so efficient? Yeah, let, let me talk on the other end of the spectrum too, is that setting these processes up can also give you an opportunity to eliminate the parts you don't want to do. For instance, administrative emails, drawing, client relationships, selling, um, you know, product ordering and all that stuff that goes into it. 
If you want to be the person in the shop and that's all you want to be doing, but yet you're dealing with all this other stuff by setting up processes in which you can outsource it. That's how you can get your focus back onto being in the shop. So it works both ways. Don't just think that, oh, I'm, I'm going to work my way out of what I actually love. It's no, you're going to work the inefficiencies out of what you love right now for in order to incorporate somebody else. Um, how many, you know, like Spags was talking in our interview with him, man, I love how much reflection we're doing on the, on the show. This is great. Um, I'm bringing his wife on board. I mean, I'm sure if Mark didn't have the processes for his business set up into where he could have her come and immediately be effective. And instead of just saying, here's the 5,000 things I do, let's sort through it together. That would have taken so much time. The drop off would have probably crushed the business and having to go and teach somebody you know, you don't want to waste any time in those situations when you're bringing somebody on board for whatever it is, having those processes set up is a key. And I'm telling you, if you get it into your schedule Dude, now, it's going to help you the I, minute you need I, that process on board. And Brad and I like are working on this resonates. with made for profit. So like right now, so this is a great well, topic. It is with that too. And I, I've not, I've not even told you this, John. Um, I mean, this, that rings so true with me right now. So, uh, my pops, uh, just retired. So he retired at the end of the year. Um, Shout out to pops. Uh, and so shout out pops. Uh, he just, he just turned 70 and he, man, I I can't believe he's 70, but, uh, he retired and, um, we're, we're talking about getting them engaged in the business. We're talking about like, cause you know, he's like, all right, cool. I'm retired. Like, what am I going to do now? (laughs) And so he's not like a hands-on guy. And, and it's, we're talking about, um, you know, how, how could he help out? Like, what does that look like? And that's exactly what I'm going through is like, so I'll sit down and go like, Oh, you know, it'd be great if he could help with like the blog post. And now, you know, my dad is fairly, you know, for his age, uh, sorry, dad, for, for his age, he's, he's pretty tech savvy. Uh, you know, he, he's built computers and stuff like that, but at the same time, he's never done web work and, you know, built a website and edited and uploaded and, and, and maintained a website. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to have, I wouldn't have to teach him, you know, where the start button is and how to left click and all that good stuff. But, uh, you know, basically everything else with WordPress and how it works, uh, I will. And so I'm, I'm going through that process right now of like, okay, I have to take time because I've not, I've always just done it, uh, to set it up and document it and, and make sure that I can hand it off Instead of me and him just sitting down in front of a post and being like, okay, dad, just watch me and then go do it. Um, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm a lot like my dad in a lot of ways. And, uh, that will turn into a, a bad situation. I'd be like, no, click there. And he's like, I am clicking there. Stop it. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it, it'll be interesting. But, uh, but yeah, I'm actually like super excited about, uh, you know, trying to get them engaged and, and kind of making it, a family business per se, where we can, you know, bring them in and be able to spend more time with my dad doing things like that. And, you know, and even possibly my mom. So, uh, I think that's, you know, another awesome benefit. And, and, you know, you talking about, um, Mark and Nicole doing that, uh, that's definitely a big inspiration for me. Cause I know his, his, um, I believe his, his mom does like all this shipping and fulfillment and stuff like that. So yeah, it's, it's really cool to see that and being able to, to use your business to, um, you know, to help your entire family and to be something that everybody can get joined in and help. But, but handing off those processes is, is huge and key. And I need to, I'm absolutely right in the throes of that right now. Absolutely. And so, um, kind of like 
Man, this is this is juicy, and and, I know. and I'd we, love we, to keep we, rolling. We start wrapping. We're getting pretty. We're, yeah, we're getting pretty pretty late in the timeline here. You know what? I think we're actually going to keep continue to jump on this with our patrons on the after show because this is a great topic. But you know, for for more of a takeaway uh, takeaway end of things, um, when you're looking into this year, what we want you to do is sit down and consider three things: your plan, your goals. And how you're going to execute, aka your schedule. So when you're sitting down and considering your plan, I want you to reflect on the year and consider the areas that you can get better at first. I want you to do an evaluation of yourself and your business and go into the bad. Everyone wants to sit here and hoorah themselves, but no, we're not going to do that. We're going to look at the things we didn't do well. And what you're going to do is become more self-aware and understand why you won and why you lost. From there, you're going to plan accordingly into how you're going to eliminate and execute on those things in the future. Instead of focusing in 2018 on more sales, I want you, if you're in the product side of things, to look at your costs from 2017 and figure out how you can fix those and tighten those up to make more money before you start thinking about bringing on more work and bringing on more sales. Then I want you to get into your goals for the year based on the reflection. Reflect on what you did well and what you didn't, like I said, and set your goals based on it. This doesn't have to all be, I'm, I'm a, I'm a sports person. If you remember, so you usually watch film and then see what you did wrong and improve on it. The good ones go quick. The bad ones you're on for minutes. <laughs> so sit there. And when you're setting your goals, I want to get better at these 10 things and make sure that there are 10 things that you can get better at. Don't pick 10 things that are easy. Pick 10 things that are hard. Um, and then there from your goal setting, take your schedule and implement it immediately on how you're going to do it. Whether you want to get better as a husband, a wife, a brother, uh, you know, a friend, a woodworker, a metal worker, a you know, emailer, <laughs> a drawer, whatever it might be, put that into your schedule and go and punch it in the face. I am telling you, this is the formula that will help you get to that next level. I get a ton of questions on this stuff and it's like, I don't really have time to learn how to weld, but how can I get better at it? And I'm like, what, what do you mean? <laughs> it's like, you, you, how do you yes. not, how, you can't get better at something if you don't put the time to it. And we said this this morning to each other. If we want to get better at this, Brad, we got to put the time in. And we, we were talking, I don't remember what we were talking about, but that's my takeaways from this episode. Um, I'm taking my flannel off because I'm sweating. It's only 40 degrees in here right now, but this has been, you know, this has really got me fired up because I think what we're rolling into for this year is going to be great. And I know all of you can execute on these things very easily. Absolutely. And and I'm just thinking like, you know, maybe we need like an MFP roadshow motivational speaker circuit. That's basically what I think my my workbench con (laughs) class is going to be. Just going to stand there and or do squats and pushups while I talk about (laughs) how I think we can dominate. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm down with that. Uh, (laughs) All right, guys. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm just going to leave you from the takeaways. You know, uh, from a homework side, just just go focus in on you know one piece of that and, and work through it. Uh, if you've already got those somewhat in place, then, then, you know, tune up the whole, the whole kit and caboodle, but yeah, uh, don't get overwhelmed. Uh, you know, I'll always leave you with that. I always try to step it back. Don't get overwhelmed. There's, there's a lot, uh, but you also got a lot of time. Uh, so we're at the beginning of the year, like, you know, but just, but set a plan and, and uh, set a plan to make the plan, right? All right. I'm going to be done with my plan by the end of January or the end of next week or whatever it is. Um, you know, give yourself some time to do all these things, but, uh, but absolutely, uh, John, you, you nailed it, man. You nailed it. Uh, but yeah, right now what we are going to do, we're going to go into the, 
after show. And, and yeah, I think we're going to I think we're going to answer some questions over there and, and kind of talk about uh, more on the topic of of the business and, and how we think about it. So um, really looking forward to the rest of this year with you guys and uh, the new things to come. So we're also looking at uh, what new products we're going to be coming out with. And we're excited about that. So more to come on all that. And um, yeah, man, let's go knock out this after oh, also don't forget we did launch our facebook page right our facebook group last yes. week if you guys want to give us some topics for uh what we can continue to improve on and jump into on on the on the year is uh head on over to what is it facebook.com forward slash and made for profits tribe yeah yeah so yeah it's it's uh you i'm sure if you just go into facebook and search for made for profit tribe uh but the url is uh facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash made for profit tribe um, and go in there and uh, it is a closed group. So you have to answer some questions and then we will get you approved to come in there uh, as long as you pick the right, um, you know, type of almonds that you like. Awesome. So, <laughs> all right, guys, we will see you in the next episode. Peace. So thank you guys for checking out the show. If you'd like any more information, you can head over to madeforprofit.com. We'll have our show notes as well as our email list subscription you can sign up for. There you'll receive tips of the week as well as all of our other actionable content. If you're digging the show, we'd love to get a five-star review over on iTunes and we would greatly appreciate that. If you have any other questions or suggestions, you can email us at madeforprofitpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love any of your input as well as any of your future show topic suggestions. You can hit us up on Instagram at madeforprofit where we will be answering your questions and giving out tips to help you grow on your own social networks. So once again, we really want to thank you guys for tuning in and we will catch you on the next episode.